Welcome everybody to the week 12 edition of the Ride in NFL DFS podcast, a review of the week and some showdown strategy talk. It was a a so-so week. Um, I only made one cash lineup, which was probably a mistake, and we'll talk about that uh, in the lessons learned. So basically, I went Matt Ryan. I got all the way up to Matt Ryan. I thought he was, you know, probably the best point per dollar, or I should say raw fantasy point quarterback on the week. Um, I, I also should mention that I've managed to roster Matt Ryan uh, on the two weeks that he's gone under 10 fantasy points in cash. Uh, the first week, I actually ended up cashing. That was, I think that was like week seven or something against the Rams, something like that. Uh, this week, not as lucky to do so, but I mean, the guy throws for 300 yards every week. The two games that I roster him in cash, he just absolutely is toast. And then I got up to my other three core four running backs, McCaffrey, Kamara, Derrick Henry. Um, I didn't think that there were smash wide receiver plays that I needed to pay down at running back for, right? Like, I didn't think Miles Sanders was a great play. I didn't think Philip Lindsay was a great play. I didn't think Bo Scarborough, or especially Patrick Laird, were great enough plays at the running back position where I wanted to sacrifice coming down off of McCaffrey, Kamara, or Henry, and then, like, using that salary to pay up for a guy like uh, Julio Jones or Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, despite the fact, you know, Godwin smashed. I just didn't think that that was the right play. Um, and then what happened was I just I just wasn't on the right wide receivers, right? So all week I talked about, you know, six or seven pay down wide receivers that I wanted to be on. Um, Alan Hearns, Anthony Miller, and Russell Gage would have been the nuts. Uh, that would have been the opto three receivers to pay down for. I did not have any of them. Um, I went Chris Conley, who I thought was a fine play. I mean, he got nine targets, went four for 50. That was decent enough. Uh, I got on to Demarius Thomas last minute instead of Hearns for some reason or another. I, I think my process was good, but it just didn't work out. Uh, he did have a touchdown called back on the first drive, which, uh, you know, Ryan Griffin coming over the middle gave... Demarius's defender uh, like a very tiny, tiny bump, and they flagged him for that, which was brutal. And then also Taylor Gabriel, who ended up not having as good of a day as I thought, really didn't even get targeted after the first two drives. Uh, Anthony Miller probably would have been the better play there. Who, I mean, I mean, he went five for sixty or something like that. But if you watch the game. Four of those catches came on the same drive uh, in a two-minute drill to end the half, I believe. They just peppered him with quick targets, uh, and he got there that way. Uh, Then at tight end, I mean, just bad call, Vance McDonald. Um, You know, I think there's something to be gleaned from 
just looking at Vance McDonald's production from throughout this year, uh, he had seven targets in the last three games and barely came away with any fantasy points. Did we really think he was going to get more than seven targets in this game? No, probably not. Did I think he was barely going to get a target? No, definitely not. Uh, but you know, in a game where I actually thought that the Bengals' defense had a great shot and rostered them in cash, running it back with Vance McDonald, I didn't see much of a problem with that because you know I thought maybe if he goes five for seventy or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But to be honest, I, I should have gotten on to my other one of my other two plays at tight end, which was Ertz or uh, Goddard. And despite the fact that Goddard, you know, didn't do much, he still caught a bunch of passes, even though he didn't gain many yards on them. Um, But let's talk about the lessons learned here this week. The first thing is, if you're going to jam in three running backs, I think it's probably a smart idea to not go with the top-priced quarterback on the slate, which I did, uh, aside from Russ Wilson. Because what that did is that made me extremely thin at uh, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. And although, you know, if I just plucked a few of the right players from my cash considerations, it would have been an extremely profitable week. I didn't do that. And I think, you know, paying down to my other quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, it would have only been, you know, seven more points or something like that at the quarterback position because he didn't really have that great of a day either. Uh, but you know the twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. I'm not even sure what I could have done with that money. Was got up to Jared Cook, uh, got up to uh, maybe Tyler Boyd, one of my other, or uh, Devonte Parker, one of my higher priced wide receivers, just for a little bit of safety there. And you know this lineup, despite the fact that it didn't do much outside of smashing at the three wide receiver or three running back spots. It was, you know, not many points off the double-up cash line. In fact, I ended up winning 54% of my head-to-heads. Just, you know, probably got lucky there with some variants, played some um, poorer head-to-heads than than normal. So it wasn't that terrible of a week. Um, I actually had two really good GPP teams. And you guys know, I mean, you heard me say it on, on Saturday and Thursday and I preach this, that a lot of times the quarterbacks that uh, I like that don't make my cash lineup are the ones I'm heavier on. And I mentioned, you know, Baker and Jameis and Drew Brees were all guys that I thought were uh, in play. So I had some of them uh, in a Godwin, uh, DJ Moore and Jarvis Landry, obviously, were in my player pool as well. So I had a decent day in GPP, um, a middling day in cash, uh, not the best. Some other things that I think we could take away from this, you know, a lot of people started tweeting me, I can't believe I didn't play CMC. Uh, I'm never going to not play him again. Got a lot of those tweets on Sunday as he was smashing and Kamara was not the, th- the problem here is there, it really, I mean, though, though yes, uh, Christian McCaffrey smashed, um, you know, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, guys that we were considering did just as well as Christian McCaffrey for two, three K less. So really the, the fact of the matter is we were on 
Kamara incorrectly, and that was the reason for uh, some of our woes yesterday, not really the fact that we didn't play Christian McCaffrey because there were enough running backs to hit that 30-point threshold where we really didn't need McCaffrey, despite the fact that I did jam him in. And then the last point of contention, I think is, uh, you know, for the rest of the year, I'm probably going to run multiple cash lineups. And it's not because I'm a baby or because I think that I don't have uh, my finger on the pulse of, of cash games. I mean, I've this year has been very profitable. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the salaries are so tight that these 2v2s are literally deciding the slate, right? So, I mean, if I just went Alan Hearns instead of Demarius Thomas, I would have been, instead of a few points below the cash line, I would have been, you know, 15 points above the cash line or whatever it was. And the really is, lineups are, you know, getting pretty duped. Uh, in terms of, you know, five, six, seven guys in everybody's lineup. And then it comes down to choosing, you know, the right punt tight end or being on the right defense. And the fact of the matter is that's not really how you want to go about winning a slate is, you know, being on one or two right plays in cash. And it's just a product of DraftKings pricing at this point. Like there are so few guys that stick out as great plays that everyone is landing on uh, pretty much the same lineup minus one or two guys. Uh, In fact, I even plugged a DraftKings GPP winning team into FanDuel and did the same uh, on DraftKings, plugged a FanDuel GPP winning team in over there and you know the now that it's the pretty much the same setup on FanDuel as DraftKings, you know, three wide receivers, one flex, no kicker. Uh you could actually compare and the one of the winning GPP teams, I'm not I forget what tournament it was. I don't know if it was the Sunday Million or one of the bigger tournaments. The team that won that GPP on FanDuel actually would have been 20% over the cap on DraftKings and the GPP team that won on DraftKings this week would have been something like 12 or 15% under the cap on FanDuel. So both sites are going in two way different directions. You know, you could basically cram anybody you want in on FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, everybody's landing on the same plays uh, because there are only a few obvious values each week. So, Back to my point, I think that I'll probably do uh, two runs of a cash lineup or even three like we talked about in the past on this podcast, you know, running three lineups at 33% of your bankroll or running two with one having a majority of your bankroll on it. Okay, that is it for the review of week 12. Let's talk about some showdown strategy for tonight obviously we have Lamar Jackson and the electric Ravens traveling to a struggling Rams team who had two weeks to prepare so let's see what they do bring 
Um, I think there are a few unique ways that we can, you know, make lineups this week. One is playing two tight ends, uh, whether that be, you know, one from each team or even two from the Ravens. You know, Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle especially are on the field a ton and do see, you know, three, four, five, six targets depending on the week. Having them in the same lineup as Mark Andrews, I think, will definitely make our lineups unique. I think what a lot of people will do who use Boyle or or Hurst is play them instead of Andrews, um, kind of as you know a pivot there. But I think in any given week, the Ravens' target share is you know so spread out that Andrews could get his, and then Hayden Hurst or Nick Boyle could catch you know they could go three for 40 or two for 10 and a touchdown and then absolutely smash value at their price so I think using two Baltimore tight ends is a strategy I might deploy in a lineup or two I know I remind you guys this every week but each of these contrarian strategies probably shouldn't be used together they're kind of a way to make one single lineup unique Uh, I wouldn't combine much of these strategies but the next one I think you can combine Uh, with some of the other things that I'm talking about and the Ravens run pretty much the most plays in the league right they have long sustained drives um, and it's just a product of Lamar Jackson being able to keep plays alive and get pickup first downs with his feet Uh, which in turn they allow the least amount of plays on defense and it's basically the opposite for the Rams they have they are allowing almost a league high 67 plays Uh, two opposing offenses. So here's what I think is going to happen tonight. I think that is going to pretty much play out exactly like that. And because of that, I think we're going to see the winning showdown lineup only have one or maybe two Rams in it. I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to run enough plays for them to have value in more than two spots. So, you know, stack up your Ravens, get Lamar in there, get Ingram in there. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, the tight ends, maybe sprinkling a little bit of Gus Edwards, Seth Roberts, whatever. Uh, Justin Tucker, the defense, and then run it back with uh, one or two at most Rams. Um, That's how most of my lineup construction is going to be this week. You know, throw in Cooper Cup or throw in Gerald Everett or Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks in one of those spots and uh, Todd Gurley, whomever. But I'm not going to get too crazy on the Rams because I just don't think they're going to have uh, the amount of volume that they normally would see, especially with the way Jared Goff has been playing uh, pretty inaccurate, struggling. So I think that it is definitely a possibility that uh, not many Rams pay off tonight. The third player or strategy, I think, is Malcolm Brown. Uh, He's coming off a little bit of baby narrative, just had a baby. Uh, his wife did. He was away from the team for a little bit. Now he's back. And Gurley's coming off a 25-carry week. And every time we see Gurley have a monstrous week, uh, we often see the Rams run it back with a little bit less volume for Gurley. And whether that means Malcolm Brown or a little bit more short passing game to Cook and Everett, I'm not sure. But uh, either way, I think I'm going to be underweight on Gurley, uh, have a couple dart throws of Malcolm Brown, Uh, and Everett and the Rams receivers as well. Okay, that will do it for the 
week 12 review and showdown edition of the ride in nfl dfs podcast i hope you guys smashed in week 12 we'll be back at it with a thanksgiving day slate and with a weekend slate good luck tonight in all your showdown contests as well